Our first reading is taken from Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and then 19 to the end. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the, on the road. When it came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, They crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, 
If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I've always thought that Palm Sunday um, has a slightly surreal feeling to it. Of course, it was a very real event which took place in history, one that's recorded in all four Gospels. Very few things are recorded in all four Gospels, but Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is in all four Gospels. And yet, as Christians, on the day when we remember thousands of people rejoicing as Jesus entered Jerusalem, perhaps we hesitate to rejoice. Perhaps we find it difficult. And it's not surprising, because we know what's coming. We know that a few days away is Good Friday and the cross. Jesus' death, just a few days away. And it's natural for us to almost wince at the thought of the agony and the shame and the betrayal that Jesus was to go through in the few days that followed. And as I was thinking about struggling with how best to explain the Palm Sunday event, it suddenly occurred to me that the donkey on which Jesus rode explains a lot about the significance of that procession into Jerusalem nearly 2,000 years ago. And so here we go, the Gospel according to Eeyore. Seriously though, I think the donkey shows us something about who Jesus is, what his purpose was, and how we should live in response. Firstly, in a number of ways, the donkey points to the identity of the man who rode into Jerusalem that day. For almost three years leading up to this moment, Jesus has been travelling around the country of Israel and he's been teaching people and challenging people about their understanding of God. And many times people have asked him who he is. They've been waiting for hundreds of years for a promised Messiah predicted by the Old Testament prophets, but they aren't sure if Jesus is the one. He's been telling them something that he calls good news about a new kingdom that's coming, but they aren't sure about who is the king. They knew that a Messiah, a king-like figure, would have to eventually come and stake his claim in the capital city, Jerusalem, the place of the temple, But they were not yet convinced that Jesus was the one, that that he'd appeared. And on this day, there were thousands of Jews on the roads going up to Jerusalem. It was the Passover. Every year, it was an annual event when people went up to celebrate God rescuing their ancestors from slavery in Egypt in a miraculous way, hundreds of years before. And Jesus was on that road with his disciples, going up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. But just as he's getting towards the top of the Mount of Olives, and as you come over the Mount of Olives, you can see Jerusalem in front of you across the Kidron Valley. But, but as, just as he's coming up towards the, the top of the Mount of Olives, there's a couple of villages around there called Bethphage and Bethany. And he stops and he sends his disciples on ahead to go and find a colt, a young donkey, and bring it back to him so that he can ride on it. Now you might think that Jesus was just weary from the long walk up the road to Jerusalem, 
But this isn't the reason that he wants the donkey. The reason can be found by doing a simple word search through the Bible, which is easy to do online these days, for the word cult. Because Jesus specifically asked for a cult and not an adult donkey, very deliberately. Why? Because hundreds of years before, the prophet Zechariah, in chapter 9, verse 9, prophesied that one day the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem on a colt. He wrote this, See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so the donkey tells us that the identity of Jesus is indeed king or messiah. Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah and announcing that he is the king of the coming kingdom that he's been teaching about for the last three years. And some of the people around him, some of his disciples, they get it. They understand. And so some of them take off their robes and they throw them over the donkey so that he can ride on the donkey like royalty. And they spread their cloaks on the road in front of him. And we learn in other Gospels that some people cut branches down and and waved palms and and, and strew branches on the ground as well as a sign of a coming king. 200 years before, a man called Judas Maccabees had ridden into Jerusalem after defeating Israel's enemies as a triumphant new king and the people had waved palms on his entry And this was a kind of a, the the crowd thought this was a, a repeat of something that had happened 200 years before. And then the people started singing. And they started singing Psalm 118. It's there in the Gospels. And, um, and, and actually it, it's, It's a psalm that they always sang when they were going up to Jerusalem for the Passover. And it's a a psalm which celebrates and gives thanks to God for sending the long-awaited Messiah. And we, and, uh, we heard that in the first reading. And it begins, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. And so our response, our response today should be thanks and praise and celebration that God sent his son Jesus to be our king, King Jesus. And the donkey not only points to, to who Jesus is, but also gives us clues about why Jesus came. He is the king of the coming kingdom. Yes, he's the long-awaited Messiah, but what people didn't realize was that he wouldn't come to save them from their oppressors, like Judas Maccabees had 200 years before, with armies and with physical might, but that he would come in weakness and even to die for them. According to biblical scholar Tom Wright, if a conquering king entered a city in those days which he had captured, he would do so on a horse, because a horse was a vehicle of war. It was very powerful and fast and a symbol of strength. But what did this King Jesus do? He arrived on a donkey. In fact, not just a donkey, the foal of a donkey, a colt. In other words, a baby donkey. I mean, Jesus' feet must have almost been just dragging along the ground. It It would have been quite small probably as well. But this point, the people didn't understand. They didn't get that. 
They wanted a king to overthrow the oppressors and the persecutors, and that's who they were cheering for. Had they known that a few days later, Jesus would be hanging from um, a cross, a pagan cross, his life agonizingly being sucked out of him, they wouldn't have been cheering. And this is a, a huge challenge to us all, I think. What kind of Jesus do we worship and what kind of Jesus do we follow? Are we tempted to kind of cheer on a Jesus of our own making, one who we're happy with just as long as he lives up to our expectations as those crowds wanted him to? Is our faith dependent upon God delivering on our agenda or will we, like Jesus, make our lives completely available for God's agenda? And this is a crucial question because Jesus wants to do so much more for us than most people ever imagine or perhaps even want. Most of us want a God who comes to help us and comfort us and give us what we need, but are we really prepared for him to save us in the way Jesus meant? Because that's what he came to do. When Jesus gave up his life on the cross of crucifixion a few days later... He did something which you or I could never have done for ourselves, not in a million years. Because despite all our faults, all the things we do or have done wrong, despite our self-centeredness, he loves us and he entered Jerusalem on that day in order to save us from ourselves, if you like. The Bible tells us that on the cross he paid the penalty for all of those sins in order to make us right with God. And liberate us from all the rubbish in our lives. And if we believe in him and choose to follow him, then we will be forgiven and set free. That's what real freedom looks like. That's what Jesus came, the kind of freedom that Jesus came to bring to the world. But it is costly. It means riding on colts instead of riding on horses. And it means picking up our crosses and following Jesus. It reminds me of a, of a man I know called James Odgers, who was a wealthy professional in London. And he used to be, for much of his life, he was an atheist. He didn't go to church. In fact, he was quite anti-church. And, um, but he came to faith in the early 90s. And he was so moved by the gospel of Jesus that he completely gave his life over to God's agenda, if you like, that he moved his young family out of their expensive London home into a flat on the side of a warehouse south of the river in London. He gave up his career and he started a charity based in that warehouse for the poor that has helped thousands and thousands of destitute people and families, giving them clothes, food, furniture when they had none, and it continues to operate today. James called it the Besom Foundation, because a Besom is another word for a broom. And, uh, um, and it's a picture of God's cleansing work, in, if you like, in the life of a believer, sweeping out all the rubbish and making a clean, fresh start in someone's life. And the Besom helps people to do just that, to make clean, fresh starts when their lives are in a lot of trouble. So the donkey represents that Jesus was a king, but a king who came in weakness, 
Not because he didn't want to save the people from their oppression, but because he wanted to save them in a much more profound way than they, they understood. And Jesus, from his viewpoint, on the back of a donkey, would have had a constant visual image of where his destiny lay. If we can have the next slide. It's fitting that when you sit on the back of a donkey and look down at its shoulders in front of you, this is what you see. As he rode into the city, Jesus had a constant reminder of the pain and the agony of his impending crucifixion. And finally, the donkey tells us something about the importance of humility in a Christian's life. The prophecy we looked at earlier from Zechariah said, See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly, lowly, riding on a donkey. The donkey was a lowly or humble way for a king to transport himself. The way of Jesus is the way of humility. And one of the things that I and perhaps you and perhaps millions of others around the world rather like about the new pope, Pope Francis, is his apparent and obvious humility. Does he ride in the limousine? No, he rides on the bus. Does he wear the special embroidered scarlet cape reserved for the Pope? No, he said, the show's over. Does he reside behind bulletproof glass like previous popes? No, he would rather risk death than distancing himself from the people. And so I think he follows Jesus quite well. Jesus is a king like no other. He's a king who touched lepers, a king who washed other people's feet, a king who slept rough on many occasions, a king who healed the sick, a king who affirmed women in a male-dominated society, a king who loved people who had messed up their lives, a king who in a culture where kings would have, been ex- would have expected others to lay down their lives for a king, he turned the tables and sacrificed his own life for all of humanity. And so as we go into Holy Week, this special time when, when we remember particularly the path Jesus took from that day on the Mount of Olives to the cross and finally resurrection... As we go into Holy Week and prepare for those Easter celebrations, it's right that we rejoice and give thanks for the coming King. But it's also crucial that we understand the kind of King Jesus is. A King who saves, a King who transforms life, lives, a humble King, a King well worth following. Amen.